Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman, and I've got with me today, you're not going to believe it, Pete Robertson. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy Man, to I'm be so here. Man, I'm so happy you're here today, Pete. Me too. I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. How was your week, my brother? I'm just joking. That was a lie. Yeah. We you always truth. knew you were going to make it. We God tell, willing, yeah, the creek true. don't rise. Why do they say the creek don't rise? No. I, I don't know. I think that's more of a Midwest kind of thing. Is it? I like yeah. it, though. Because we didn't say that. It kind the, of rolls off the tongue. We didn't say that in the West Coast. Yeah? You no. California people no, don't say I've that? only heard that on TV shows or something. Yeah, like the Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> or something, right? God willing in the creek don't rise. No. So we had a big event happen last week. We did? What happened? Yeah. So after... Um, the rocket launch? Yeah. After our show, you went and bowled, right? Yeah. Tuesday night, league night. Yeah. yeah you you my, bowled. My wife and I go bowl. Yeah. Every, I mean, you're kind of you're kind of good, but we've, you know, we've talked about it a few times and, and you know, we talked about your scores and, yeah. and all that. And Have fun with it. And we talked about how bad my scores and are. You guys pick on me because, you know, bowling's not really a sport. Well, I don't know if I'm past. Maybe that that's part. more. Maybe that's more Barry. That was more past. I think I'm past <laughs> that because I mean, you to bowl eight games uh, eight times in one day. Yeah. And, ugh, it's a lot know. of work. People don't realize it. I can't imagine. Well, here, here's the deal. Bowling is a sport, but it's also a game. And I think most people see it as a game. It's just, you know, they go and, you know, they turn the lights out. They throw the ball. They have some fun with their friends. Maybe put the bumpers up and bounce it off. the. It's, it's a game. But, to bowl but a, it's also a sport. Yeah, but to bowl a 300, which is a perfect game, no. what, what do you think the odds are? Oh, I don't know. It's gotta I'm be, sure somebody's done the, done the math on it. but It's got to be so low, right? It's like... Probably one in, I don't know, 100,000. Yeah. Somewhere like that, yeah. It's so hard to do. Yep. And you've done it how many times? But what is a 300? It's 12 strikes. In a yeah, row, right? yeah strike, 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 all the yeah. way through. So, and you've done it how many times? Um, before last Tuesday yeah. or now? No, before last Tuesday. <laughs> Four times. So today, so last Tuesday, you bowled a 300 I again, did. and now you're at five times. Yeah, wow. perfecto. It was so much fun, Pete. I, I just can't I was so nervous. It's been 15 years since I've had a perfect game, and uh, I was, I was, my knees were shaking. Although, I watched it on the video, and I looked like I was nervous. But I, I love the response afterwards. So you, you, you pumped. You're like, yeah, yeah. you know. You, Little Tiger all, Woods pump. It, it all came out, Yeah. <laughs> It was it's, exciting. It was like all that pent up energy, you yeah. know, trying to keep it under control, keeping yeah. your mind right, not letting your mind wander. Yeah. Get the ball Stay off my the, hand. Yeah. <laughs> and and then the, when he did it, it was like, yeah, it, it was, was really awesome. cool. It was so much fun. And I got to do it in front of my daughter, my daughter and Crystal, where they were both there. So, and you know, what else is cool. It's the first time I've ever seen my own 300 game. Wow. So my... My last one was in, uh, I don't even know what year. It was 15 years ago. They didn't have that video was, 2008. Back then. Yeah. So yeah, the iPhone was just coming out. Yeah. So yeah, nobody, there was nobody taking video. Now wow. it's like, I got three different camera angles. <laughs> now it's etched in the, in the memory books, right? It's awesome. You always see it. That's pretty cool. So I don't understand my, my daughter did a video and it was actually my favorite one, but she cut it off like so quick. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. She wanted to get back to her iPad or something. Like, oh, cool. Dad shot 300. Move on. <laughs> but it was really cool too to hear all the people screaming with you yeah and everybody came up like, and yeah. you know gave me high fives and hugs and yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty fun it yeah. was pretty awesome yeah you have a really cool community the, yeah. the bowling community yes they yeah. are an amazing group of people so that was fun and then we had an awesome we again many of you that have listened to us in the past we um every month bob has a men's breakfast and there's just you know i I think I counted at one time, there was about 10 different churches that were represented at this men's breakfast. And um, I mean, guys come from all around Orlando, Florida, and that's kind of what it is. And it's just, there's a gentleman we talk about a lot, Jeremiah, he Jeremiah. does amazing breakfast. And, um, but them to together, they've just, there's something about this men's breakfast. But again, we had an amazing time again, this, this last Saturday and, you know, the guys just come out, they just come and, and they just, the fellowship is deep. The, the, the conversations, there's just, they're very mature gentlemen. I mean, there's just, it's just an exciting time. So we yeah. had that. That was good. That was awesome. It's fun to, you know, anybody that's listened to this, it's, it's, you know, one thing that God commands us to do is to disciple. We talk about that. We need to be discipling other people, but we really need that fellowship. You know, in my Twitter feed this morning, I, I posted that, 
you know, if you don't have that fellowship, you don't have that vulnerability with someone else that it's really important that you pray that God would bring that person to you. But to have men and to have women and to have those life groups or just to be able to, to be involved that way, it's so important, you know? And so if you're not, and you're listening to this, you know, pray that God would open doors so that you can get involved and just be a part of people's lives. We need those relationships in our lives. There's no doubt. You know, our, our theme for that, for that breakfast is iron sharpens iron, right? Proverbs 27, 17. So uh, that's, that's really what it's all about. Yeah. And we did the discussions were amazing yeah. and they always are. It's like, my wife's like, get them out. You know, sorry, Crystal. <laughs> yeah. We even talked about predestination <laughs> this last time. Oh, there we go. Pete <laughs> opened up a can of worms, but it was, it was, it, well, we talked a lot about it this morning too. So it added on to the discussion, but you know what I want not to change the subject um, because we should probably just do a show on that. If, yeah, if you're up for that one day, that, that yeah. would be, that would be interesting. Yeah. They um, give different perspectives and be well, able to bring context. Yeah. There's still stuff yeah. that, I mean, I don't, I don't think I understand completely. I'm still wrapping my brain around. I know you say, I think I understand it, but I don't, I'm not so sure I do. You understand enough, but it's been, this, this has been going on forever. People have the been discussion talking, back and forth. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. This is nothing wrong. So it's all good, but we should, we should do a show on that. But the thing I, I wanted to change the subject. I want to ask you about your thoughts on the Chinese balloon floating over our country. <laughs> So that was another fun thing that happened this week. I, Crazy, you know, right? You know, it's like at any moment, <laughs> you know, in the world, there's going to be, you know, everybody's trying to get ahead of each other. Everybody's trying to, you know, whatever. I'm sure we do that to China. I'm sure that we have things or whatever. No, we don't spy on I'm, other countries. I'm sure it's going around or whatever. We use satellites, though. We don't use balloons. So, but how do Christians <laughs> look at that, right? So it's like, is this a big deal? Oh, my gosh, the politics. And then I see Christians like bashing on Biden. I can't believe he allowed that to be on so long. Or or they're bashed on Trump saying, Trump had him in before and he did nothing. He didn't even brought him in and... I, it's not a political thing. It's this is a spiritual thing. And again, as a Christian, we know who the author and finisher of our life is. And so we don't fear the evil agents or the spies or or people trying to kid us or kill us or anything like that, because greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. And so for us, we live every moment of our life to bring him glory. And so that's what matters most to us. How are we, how are we bringing the love of Christ to the world? How are we loving people? And so when people look at the China thing or they, they look at like balloons or they look at other stuff, they get fearful or they start, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. And we need to have the right government and that's going to save the day and all this stuff. And we're like, no, it, it won't. You know, we're all in a fallen world and, and the world one day is coming to an end. I mean, the Bible is very clear there. <laughs> but the truth that, st- is, that remains is God's love for you and the love that he has for other people. And we as Christians focus more on Jesus and what he wants and to go love others and go bring light to others. And so I think, yeah, it's fun to watch the TV show about the China balloon. It's, it's whatever, they blew it up. It's, it's fun to get at, you know, just to hear it and whatever. Wow, that's interesting, right? But don't let it affect you. They don't. should have filled it with confetti or something. That would have made it cooler when they shot it down. It's an, it was like air or something. I saw it from there. And here's the other thing is, I don't know what to believe. How do we know that that's not propaganda? How do we know that it's one side or the other? Or how do we know what it really was? I don't know. Do you really know? We just know what we're being told, right? We just know that. So that's why I'm saying you, you just hold everything loosely. Don't, don't get too rattled up with these. I think that's the truth. What do you think? <laughs> You're quiet. That's, yeah, I got quiet. Yeah. You can't be quiet on the podcast. I just thought it was weird. (laughs) The whole thing, the whole thing is strange. That's to me. You know, they're like, well, we can lost steering control. I'm like, it's a balloon. It's gonna go wherever the the winds take it. So I don't know. And it just happened to go over like, I don't know, 12 different military bases. So that's convenient. Yeah. I just, I mean, when it comes to politics and when because this is a political thing, I just I don't know. I I try to stay out of that stuff. Well, I'm sure we'll, we'll get all the answers tonight in the state of the union. Yeah. So we'll have nothing but truth. Tonight. Yeah. So that would be, so when we drop here on Thursday, people will be going like, wait, that already happened. So yeah, yeah. good point. Good yeah. point. Who knows? All right. Well, let's start. All right. Let's open up in prayer because right. we need it, or at least I do. We need it the most. <laughs> <laughs> we need it the most. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time that we have to, uh, to dive into your word as we learn about uh, uh, you as the vine. 
And I, I'm just really excited. Last week we were talking, Lord, about, uh, you know, you were talking to your disciples in the upper room. And here, here you end that chapter with, hey, let's take a walk. And uh, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to take that walk with you, Jesus. And look, really look forward to what you're going to show us and teach us today out of your word. But Father, we give you this podcast now. We give you our listeners a pray that uh, they know you. And um, if they don't, that maybe something that's said or heard today would draw them nearer to you. So, Father, we thank you in advance for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm looking forward to this show. This is one of my favorite chapters. I, they're all my favorite they're chapters. All, I, I think I keep saying that Whatever one you're time. studying at the time is yeah. your favorite. I just love it. All so, right. last week, um, we ended with Jesus and his disciples getting up from the table to start their last walk in the Garden of Gethsemane. Did I say that right? No, Gethsemane. to the walk. Yeah, to, to the yeah, to the garden. How do you say that? Gethsemane. Yeah, Gethsemane. I've been there. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, you could be there too if you come join us on our. You could be there too. What? Wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to Israel, guys. Come join the Riot Podcast in Israel. Go to theriotpodcast.com for more information. Yeah, you do not want to miss this epic right. trip, and we are cutting it off. Yeah. So one bus. Yeah, don't wait. You will get shut out and then have FOMO the rest of your life. Yeah. All right. From our reading today, we can guess that they passed by a vineyard, they being Jesus and his disciples. Yep. So as they pass this vineyard, Jesus does not miss an opportunity to kind of share and teach his disciples. And that's what we're going to learn today. today I, think that's, I think that's something that he always he teaches us. I, <clears throat> I'm a teacher by nature, and I have to be careful when to teach and not to teach, right? Because sometimes like with your kids, like, Dad, I've heard it before. Don't tell me again, right? So I'm, I'm learning when to shut up. But there's some things where I look at every circumstance, just like we just talked about China balloon, right? So to China balloon, I, I see a, a ministry there. I see an opportunity to talk about Jesus there. And, and, and that's, that's how I see everything. And that's what Jesus did. You know, he looked at, here's a vineyard, and he saw an opportunity and said, all right, let's talk about it. How does this, how do we, how does this help you draw close to the Lord through? I don't know. All right. Good. Yeah. So we're going to study John 15, 1 through 11 today. Uh, this is where Jesus makes his seventh and last I am statement, where he says, I am the vine. You know, seven is a sign of completeness. So when completeness. it's completeness. Yeah. So seven means it's done. It's final. So whenever you see like seven in the Bible, think that way. Like in Genesis one. Yeah. It's just seven. Boom. Done. Boom. Seven's a good number. All right. Jesus considers his disciples to be his friends. He reveals to them that he is the source of their life. And in him, all things are new and good. We are the branches in his illustration. If we remain in him, we can do anything. But without him, we can do nothing. As branches, we have the privilege and duty of sharing his life and abiding in him. As his friends, we have the privilege and understanding uh, his perfect will and an option to submit to it. Yeah, that goes back to the free will. I was just going to bring that up, but yeah. you beat me to it. Yeah, there you go. How about that? All right, so John 15, we think... And I think you will agree oh, with us. Is a very powerful. We can say this very powerful chapter. Yes. All right. So let's read verses one through eleven and uncover all of its fruit. <laughs> let's see what I did there. Yeah. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. John one. Uh, John fifteen. Verse one. I am the true vine, says Jesus, and my Father is the vine dresser. This is in red in my Bible, Pete. Yes. So that means Jesus. These are Jesus' He's words. Speaking. This yeah. is a direct quote. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. I don't like that part. The pruning, the pruning hurts. Yes, it does. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Talking to us talking to his disciples, but also talking to them. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He seems to be repeating this over and over again, like he's trying to drive something home to us, Pete. Yeah, he's, he's kind of overemphasizing something. A little bit. Yeah. So moving on to verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Well, that escalated quickly. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Mm. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Mm. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. 
abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Yeah, I mean, remember last week we we taught our last show, we talked about, you know, that me and the Father are one. And as I am one, we are one, I'm one with you. And so as you're one with God or with Jesus, then he's one with the Father that we're one together. And so, again, the way that we become one is abiding in each other. And then when you're one with God and you're one with the Father, you then bear fruit. You bear fruit of the Father. You You act like the Father. You think like the Father. You do things like the Father. So the planting of vineyards was essential to Israel's economy and a way of life back then. We have to understand that this is something that every Jew understood. So this is very relevant to them. So as he's talking about the vineyard, they're, they're comprehending it. They're tracking them completely. But according to history, <clears throat> this is kind of simple. That's Herod was, you know, the kind of the governor over that area. And so he, he, because of that area, he put vines and gold vines. And I've read this in one of the historical books. Uh, decorated all around his temple, you know, because of the vineyard. It was a big deal. Uh, but when Jesus deployed this picture, he was not introducing anything new. Like, as I said, it was very, very, you know, the Jews understood that. But let's dissect four aspects of what he's teaching here. So for us to better understand it, um, and the first one, let's just dissect the vine. So let's let's get into that. He talks about the vine. I am the vine. You're the branches. He gets into that. So let's just dissect that aspect of it. And um, then we can just, you know, we'll go from there. Then we'll go to the branches. And, you know, before we even do that, yeah, he uses the word abide a, a lot in here. What, yeah. what is that? What does abide mean? I mean, I kind of, I kind of idea of what it means, but I have a feeling it's maybe deeper than what I'm thinking. It is. And we're going to get to it. So once, Are we? okay, yeah, good. we'll get to it and we'll dissect it. All right. Sorry. Squirrel. Sorry. Sorry. All right. Statement one. In the Bible, there are three different vines. The past vine is Israel. The future vine is earth, as described in Revelation 14. And then the present vine is Jesus, which includes his church as its branches. Let's break down each one of those, uh, starting with the past. Okay, so Psalms 80, verses 8 through 10, it says, You brought a vine out of Egypt. Okay, so that's out of Egypt. Egypt is considered the world. So every time that you see Egypt in the Bible, just think of the world. So you're coming out of the world. Okay? So when he says the vine, is he talking? So he's talking Israel? So what, <clears throat> Israel, as he pulls the, the millions yeah, of Israelites yeah. out of Egypt, yes. away from Pharaoh. So he's planting the vine in Israel. Okay, so that's kind of his reference. So yeah. 80 verse, Psalms 80, verse 8 through 10 says, You brought a vine out of Egypt, the world. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and filled the land. The mountains were, and it's, again, this is a spiritual thing. So it took deep root means it became, God became their God. He was the, he was the ruler over that nation. You know, everything went through him. Okay. So that's the deep root there. You cleared the ground for it means that you, you wiped out all the other people that were there. It took deep root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the river. So those are all the different tribes, right? Mm -hmm. So all the tribes were brought in. So that's it's from one part to all the way to the other, from the Euphrates River out to the Mediterranean Sea all the way up, right? So it's that's kind of the what it's saying. That's that's the vine. Okay. So that vine is is what we're understanding today as to be Jesus. So Jesus is that vine that all came through that. So the past vine mentioned here is the act of God's grace. He transplanted Israel into the land of Canaan. He blessed them with fruit, milk, and honey. If there was a nation that had everything it could ever have or ever need, it was Israel. But the past vine produced wild grapes. Instead of practicing justice, Israel practiced oppression. Instead of practicing <clears throat> surrender to God and worship of God, they practiced idol worship and unrighteousness. God chastened them time and time again, but they never submitted their lives into the real, unto the real vine. God even sent his only son to the vineyard, and they cast him out and killed him. So it's, it's, you have to understand that God is constantly trying to save the people. And he chose a nation to be those people, to be the light. That Bible says that he's there to be a beacon of light so that the, the world would know that I am God. I'm oh wait, the, the one and only, 
And that's the whole point of, of, of separating Israel hmm. so that he would be able to shine it. So he cast, he, he first started the vine there and then the vine produced wild grapes. So he had to come prune it. He had to come reset it and produce good fruit. And that's where Jesus comes in. Oh, all right. Any thoughts? Yeah, I feel like we're, we're, this describes us, America, in a lot of ways. You know, you said Israel practiced oppression, idol worship, and unrighteousness. I, I mean, that's acted out in front of us on a daily basis. We were talking earlier in the pre-show or the the, the show prep about the, what was it, the Grammys or something, and just yeah. kind of the stuff that was going on in there. And it just that's what it just drawn reminded me of. That. Any any person that does not surrender to Yahweh, the true and living God. All of what we just said will happen to us. Hmm. That will be our own, not only our nation, but our own individual life. If you're not attached to the vine, it's just yeah. that's the that's the only course of action that will happen um, in our life. And huh. if 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 we're trying to live both ways, it's it's just not productive. It's not going to produce. All right, Good. all right. The second vine talked about here is the future vine of the earth. In Revelation fourteen fourteen through twenty, it says. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, seated on that cloud, one like a son of man, with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Put in your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. So he who sat on the cloud swung his sickle across the earth, and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple in heaven. And he too had a sharp sickle, and another angel came out from the altar, the angel who has authority over the fire. And he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle, Put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden outside the city, and blood flowed from the winepress as high as a horse's bridle for about 180 miles, for 180 miles long. That's a lot of blood, Pete. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, that's a bloodbath. Literally. I mean, literally. Yeah. So again, so what are we talking about? So we're talking about that Jesus is basically talking future here. So he's 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 talking about a vine that's to come, that there's going to be a a final judgment. There's a future vine of the earth. Revelations fully said it right here. It's talking about that. So we have to say, okay, that's we get that. But what it's saying is that this is the world system. It's at its highest level of rebellion, and and now it's ready for God's final judgment. And so Jesus is telling him, said, listen, there was a past fine. There was wild grapes. That's what happened. I had to come to reset that. And then there's also going to be a future vine of the earth that I'm going to have to reset too. So it's, it's both. I'm, I'm going to reset both of them. Both are going to have judgment. And then there's me, right? And so that's, this is kind of where he's, he's helping his disciples know in context what this vine, vine talk is all about, okay? So um, believers are saved. Um, from this because they are God's branches, but the unsaved are branches of the vine of the earth. That's, that's what it's saying. So if you're unsaved or not a follower of Christ, you will be destroyed. The, the sickle and the, the angel is going to come and, and it's going to wipe you out. He's going he's gonna to completely tear this, you know, what it said is there's going to be a bloodbath. It's what the Bible says. It's the truth. It's the, that system, the Babylonian system, we talked about this in past shows, is going to be no longer, okay? The unsaved people depend on the world economic system for survival. So you, you, when you hear an unsaved person, it's sad when you hear Christians do this, where they're like, oh, I got, you know, my meaning is in, in my work. You know, I got to work harder. I got to do this. I got to do that. And, and they forget completely that, no, you work not to make the money. You work to bring glory to God. You work to be a light in darkness. The byproduct of that is God can use that to feed you, but he doesn't need to use that. God can feed you by sending manna from heaven. There's so many things that God can do to take care of you. We trust in him, not in our world economic system. So that's the difference. And that system is going to be destroyed. So in the future, all will be cut down. The believers will be, be in heaven with Jesus for all eternity, but the unsaved will be destroyed. So Jesus is very clear when he's talking about the vine here, he's saying one vine came and it was the past and one vine is going to be in the future. And it's going to be gone. That, that vine of 
the world system, the Babylonian system. And then the next vine is what we're going to talk about. So, so here's what struck me, Pete. Yeah. We're, so we're, we're all branches. Every one of us is a branch. Yeah. Right. And we're either attached to one of two vines. We don't have the option to just hey, you know what, I'm, not, I'm just not going to attach. I'm just going to be a branch all by myself. You can't be a branch all by yourself. You're either attached to one of these two vines. That's it. That's it. That's the choice. That's it. Okay. Yep. There's the world economic system. Why do you feel? Why do I feel like the world tries to tell us there's another choice, right? Well, what is it then? There <laughs> it isn't, isn't any. You, yeah. That by choosing that, you are choosing the second vine. Right. Okay. Awesome. Not awesome. And we and 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 then the true living vine rejects religion, and we're going to get into that now. You know why? Because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the last, the last vine. Sorry, I couldn't resist. The last vine mentioned here is the present vine. This vine represents Jesus, who is the only true vine. All other vines of religion are false. Yeah, so it's like people need to understand that everybody has some sort of religion. So all it says all other vines, but they're really they're really all of them are really just one vine. That's it. Yeah, you can call it a million different things, but it's really just one. If you're an atheist, you're a Buddhist, you're a Hindu, you're a Muslim, you're anybody that rejects Jesus as the true living vine. So anything that you do that brings uh, self-worth to yourself or or brings attention away from Jesus is a religion. Okay, so and that is the world economic system. That is the 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 vine of the earth, as Revelation says. Okay, so Jesus is saying all of that is going to be burned up, all of that is going to be destroyed, and the only true vine is is me. I'm God. I'm Yahweh. I'm the Messiah. I'm the Savior of the world. And, and if you believe in me, then great things are going to happen to you. You know, if you, if you attach to me, if you plug into me and know me and drink from me and learn from me, <coughs> then you're going to have some power. You're going to have a lot of things take place. So yes, religion sucks because it leads us to the vine without power. So that world economic system, that self-worth, those other religions have no power. Hmm. They have no authority. There is only one that has power and authority. There's only one that can transform a life, truly transform a life for all eternity. There's only one way to get to heaven. John 14, 6, we studied that two weeks ago. There's only one way. So Jesus is telling them, listen, guys, this is it. You know, there's another system. You can go be a fisherman if you want, but I want you to be fishers of men. And so you have two options. Which one do you choose? You know, and he's telling them, but if you remain in me, I got some, I got some good news for you. And that's what he's talking about. So the symbolism here is of the vine and branches being similar to that of a leader that oversees a congregation. We have a living relationship with Jesus. And because we believe in the true vine, we belong to him because our relationship with Christ is a living one we can now bear fruit. And that fruit is the goodness, the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about that. It's not only living, but also loving so that we can now enjoy Him. It's a permanent union so that we never have to fear Him. He is a loving and a good God. And so Jesus is saying that. So God is good God, and we can delight in Him. I was just thinking of Psalms 1, 2, and 3. It says, But his delight is the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by a stream of water that yields its fruit in the season, and its leaf does not wither. It it in all that he does, he will prosper. And that's what I believe about when we we tap into Jesus as divine. That God wants to bless us exceedingly abundantly more than we possibly think or imagine. There's it's, it's not that bad things are not going to happen to us. It's that we can get through when bad things happen to us. It's that we can, we can rise above. It's that we can still have joy in the midst of it. It's that we can still have the fruits of the Spirit and operate at a different level that the world cannot even comprehend. Hmm. So that's where we're going with this. All right? All right. We're going to keep building on this. We're just going to keep building more and more on the fruit and the vine. All right. So let's look at what Jesus says about the next thing. The first was that he is the vine, and the second was that we are his branches. We know that the branch is weak and doesn't do anything by itself. It can grow fruit or be burned, but it can't be used to build anything. The branch can't live on its own, so it needs to get its life from the vine. Our relationship with Christ through the Holy Spirit is what makes it possible for us to bear 
Yeah, so the crucial idea of connection and communion is emphasized in a number of the biblical passages that relate to Christ and the believer. So this is what, so he's he's trying to help us comprehend that, um, you know, the, the there's God and then there's us, right? There's God and there's us. So here's the vine and there's us, the branches, right? He's he constantly does that, and I and I just kind of wrote down a few things. So in, in Ephesians five twenty five through thirty three. It's kind of talking about Jesus is the bride and we are his bridegroom. You know, we he, we hear that a lot, you know, especially in the Gospels. I just, I mentioned that, you know, Matthew 25 is talking about that. In 1 Corinthians 12, Jesus is the head of the body and we are his members. You know, again, we're connected together. So there's the vine, there's the, there's the branches. In John 10, we are Jesus's sheep and he is our shepherd. We studied that, you know, so he's, here's the, the shepherd's the vine and, and the sheep are the branches. So Jesus is referencing the branch being broken off here is saying that the body part that is severed from the body will die. We can see this connection in marriage. If I do not put effort into the marriage every day, then my relationship will die. The sheep are welcomed into the flock by the shepherd, but they must remain with the shepherd in order to receive the protection and provision. Otherwise the sheep will die. So it's the same thing with a branch. It's the same thing with a marriage. It's the same thing with anything. If we are not tapped into a life source, it's going to die. And the world economic system is people's life source. They live and die by the world economic system. They live and die by their own worth, their own self-effort. Eventually, it comes to none. It's, it's going to die. It is dying. And many times it dies rapidly in people's lives. They thought they had a great job and it's dead. Hmm. They thought they had this and they put all their worth in things that it's, it's never everlasting. It's not fruitful. It doesn't produce long-term good. Only Jesus does that. And if we remain in that, then we can do that. You can see Jesus as they're, they're walking through this vineyard, just reaching out, like grabbing a branch and, and breaking it off, kind of just using that as the analogy. Because you know, we know that's going to die, right? Because now it's not connected to the vine. I can almost picture him doing that. It doesn't say that in the word. I'm adding that, so don't you know? Not biblical. But I know I get but that. But I could. I that's how I kind of picture it. And and I look at it this way too: is like there's what are some things, and we, this is a whole nother show. But what are some things that you know, as a believer, that can hurt us from um, tapping into the vine? Bitterness is probably one thing that pops in my mind the most. Pride. And pride, we're going to talk about pride a little bit here in a second, but the bitterness is, when, and, and I called it the root of bitterness, and I, and I found this quote by Woodrow Crow. It says, when the root is bitterness, imagine what the fruit would be. And, and, and a lot of times we can be tapped into the vine and really believe in God and really do that, but there's bitterness there. I mm. mean, we, you know, maybe someone hurts you or, or you have past things that are still there that you have not fully let go and let the vine per- completely cleanse you of and let it be free. And that bitterness is not producing holy fruit. It's bitter. It's producing prunes that are yucky, you know? So <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you were feeding that vine vinegar instead of water, right? What's the fruit going to taste like? That's kind of what you're, what you're talking about yeah, with the bitterness. It. It's like it. you're putting impurities into. And into sometimes people need help to get through their bitterness. Sometimes you need a brother and sister in Christ mm. to come alongside of you to help walk you through that, to help you see, you know, to help you realize that, man, this is bad because you're blind to it a lot. Yeah. But your marriage is suffering from it. Your kids are suffering. Your relationships are suffering from that bitterness. So that's, you know, we, that's, all, again, a whole nother show, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. Really good. All right. You know, as Christians, we must accept that we are branches that need to be in communion with Jesus in order to live and to breathe. We can know about Jesus and have no life, but knowing him as our source of of life, that allows us to live in his victory over death and to be fulfilled by his strength and power. Yeah, I mean, how many times do we ask people, well, what is Jesus telling you? Well, I don't know. Well, the reason why they don't know is because they're not living by the life source. If they're living by the source, then, then they have answers of what God is sharing with them. What they're doing is they're going to church and they're believing all of the things about Jesus, but they're still living by the world economic system. They're still trusting their own self-worth. They're not surrendered to the Lord. They're not in communion with the Father. And so that's, that's kind of what it's saying. So here John uses the term abide. So we're going to go back to your question at the beginning. Thank you. It, this is a crucial word. We need to understand it. It's used 11 times here. 
It means remaining in close contact with Christ so that his life might bear fruit in and through us. To ensure that nothing prevents our close contact with God, this requires that we understand God's word and more importantly, confess our sins. But more than any of this, it requires our love for him and our obedience to him. So if we are tapped into the source, the source is going to be filling us with all things good. And that good overtakes all bad. It just overtakes it. Hmm. But if we hold on to that bad and we don't repent of it as he's, as he's pouring it into and we hold on to it, then it stops right there. It can't go any further. We, we put the dam in front of the, the blood flow, the vine flow. It's just there. That's why, you know, the, to abide in Jesus, we have to allow it to have its way with us. We have to accept what he's going to say and do. We have to trust him. We have to be content. We have to worship and just say, all right, God, have your way with me. And don't damn it. Don't stop it. So I don't know. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I got two pictures in my head, and, and I think we get confused a lot. So I'll use the light and darkness thing first. You know, a lot of people think darkness is the opposite of light, but it's not. It's the absence. And I think the same is true with the good and bad. So bad isn't the opposite of good. It's, just, it's the absence of good. But that's kind of when you were saying that, that kind of came back <clears throat> yeah, in I, my head. I, I wrote something by John Piper. He said, love is the overflow of joy in God. It is not duty for duty's sake or, or right for right's sake. It's not resolute abandoning of one's own good with a view solely to do good of the, of the other person. It is freely and deeply satisfying the experience of the fullness of God's grace and then in doubly satisfying experience of sharing that grace with another person. So in order for us to produce fruit, this is what it's saying, in order for us to produce fruit, we have to be satisfied with the, we have to allow the vine to have its way, to, 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 to have that relationship, to have that connection. Mm-hmm. Don't stop it. Humble yourself. Like submitting to the vine, kind That's of. It. Yeah. Well, but with that, when we do that, now we have the joy of, of giving fruit. Because it's producing fruit. We have the joy of sharing now with other people. We can now, as you just mentioned, light and darkness, we can now be light. We can't be light if we don't have the vine in us. But we now, once we have the fruit and we have that relationship and God has built us in, now we go and share with everybody abundantly. People are blessed all around us because that we have that connection with the vine. Hmm. Well, yeah. let me ask you a question. How can we know for sure that we are continuing to abide in Christ? And, you know, is there like a distinct feeling we get? or Yeah, you get that you know, a lot. The so, warm and fuzzies? Yeah, you know, people ask that. People always like, what do I feel? How, how do am I, I going to feel? How am I going to know, right? I mean, and that's a great question. And, and, and I don't believe we, get a, a, we experience any special feeling other than peace and joy when we realize God actually loves us. It's like, I always tell people this. If you've come face-to-face with God, and you didn't experience his love, then I don't think you've ever experienced God. Because when you come face to face with God, he overwhelms you with goodness. He overwhelms you with love. And, and when that happens, I can promise you, you're experiencing the goodness of God and you're abiding in him. Because if you're not abiding in him, you're not really experiencing that. You're not knowing God that way. And whenever you come in God's presence that way, um, there's something that radically happens to you. You you become changed. You become transformed. You know Romans 12 talks about that. We, you know, Second Corinthians five or First Corinthians five seventeen. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Things start changing. You start seeing things. The light comes, and it's just so many things. So now you don't get like a special feeling, but there's there, you can tell. You just know. Um, I'm certain that when we abide in Him, we will bear fruit. I can I can promise you that. So bearing fruit is, you know, the fruit of the spirit. There's a blessing. People are munching on what you're saying, right? Their lives are changed. People will testify about, hey, I spent time with Bob today and man, my life has been changed because of it. God, God used Bob to bring me closer to the Lord. There's, there's evidence, right? There's fruit. Uh, another thing that will happen is when we abide in Christ is that we begin to grow spiritually in our circumstances. So when circumstance happens, we no longer start complaining or fighting against them. We start saying, all right, God, give me eyes to see. 
Give me ears to hear. Help me grow. You know, you remove those dams. You, you say, God, whatever it is that you want to teach me here, show with me, help me. So when God prunes us, we stop fighting him and we begin to trust him with our lives more. But last but not least, I, I know that when we remain in him, our prayers are answered. And, and, and I think that's, that's the biggest thing that affects me is I never want to have my prayer not answered. And I'm, if I'm not abiding in him, I'm praying, you know, Oh my gosh, help me. And it's like, you're like, you're not even connecting, you know, you're, you're operating in the world economic system. You're not operating in the vine of God. You're, you're completely operating in the other vine. How do you expect him to answer you? You're not tapped in. You know, it's like people, well, God's never answered my, my, my prayers. Well, I'm, are you like serving him? Are you surrendered to him? Are you trusting him? Are you plugged into the source? <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, I understand your frustration. I get it. But all you have to do is repent of your sins today. Just, just turn from your ways and just start following him. But that's really the key. I mean, I, there's, you know, first Peter three, seven talks about husbands. If you're, if you're not treating your wife right and you're not doing the things that are proper, your prayers are not going to be answered. That's, it's very key to God that we, we elevate others above ourselves, that we're looking for ways to bless and be a blessing, um, not for a selfish pride. God's not going to answer a selfish prayer, right? When he says that you can ask anything in my name, which he says in these verses, he's not saying ask anything in my name that's going to fulfill your own self. It's, it's, always, benefit you. yeah. it's always about him. So is this bringing him glory? Is this something that he would be pleased with? And so, well, we definitely don't want our prayers unanswered. So oh, good. All right. You know, Pete, this next one is, was a, like an aha moment for me. I'm like, ah, oh, I get it. So let, let me share statement seven. It says, we must keep in mind that while the branches do not consume the fruit, others do. We don't grow fruit to please ourselves. That was my aha moment. Yeah. But to help others. We should be the type of people who nourish others through our words and our actions. Proverbs 10, 21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. Oh, I mean, I love that. I mean, our fruit is not for ourselves. Never. But, yeah, so that was a light bulb moment. Yeah, and it's like, you know, and, and again, we're prone to do everything for us. Oh, I'm going to remain in him because I want to bear much fruit. Well, it's not about you. It, you're, you're remaining in him because he wants to use you for his glory. <laughs> and it's about him. So I know there are several different kinds of spiritual fruit that are named in the Bible. Romans 1.13 says, we bear fruit when we win others to Christ. So we're bearing fruit. So as they're, you're bringing light to truth, to darkness, and you're bringing truth to lies, and then all of a sudden somebody is there or, or set apart by God, and they're like, hey, I want to know more. Well, guess what? You're bringing fruit because you're offering them the opportunity to come to know Jesus. But in John 4.35, it says, we are a part of the harvest. So everything that we're doing, it's a part of, you know, what God is already doing. You know, he wants the, he wants the, the, the world to, to munch on us. He wants the world to, to, to be fed in the spirit. And so we're a part of that. Romans 6 22 says we grow in holiness and obedience when we are bearing fruit. Paul in Romans 15 28 says that believers that are committed to bearing fruit have a dedicated life, bringing, uh, bringing, bringing on the, bringing the glory of God. And we know in Galatians 5.22 that we bear the fruit of the Spirit, which is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So bearing fruit will always build up others around us and point them to Jesus. If Jesus is out of the equation, we are not bearing fruit. If our, we're in the equation, we're not. But if it's about Him and we're representing Him in the Spirit of God, then it's bearing fruit. All right. All right, you got to help me with this one a little bit. So what does yielding fruit not mean or not entail? You yeah. know, in other words, is, does that mean living in the flesh? Yeah. Okay. So people close to us will be able to see very plainly that we are not uplifting them. Yeah, it's usually obvious to the people around you, right? Yeah. That you're, you're, up, you're lifting, you're building yourself up instead of others. If we are not producing fruit, um, so if, again, so if we're living in the flesh, is this... In this living, is this our effort? Say, I'm really struggling with this, Pete. Help yeah. me with this. Living in the flesh is living in our effort, which produces dead results, but not fruit. And doesn't reproduce. Okay, and doesn't reproduce. Yeah. Well, in the, isn't that kind of the sign of uh, maturity? You reproduce? Well, yeah. So let's just, let's use an illustration. So like, say, for instance, um, you're, you're talking with somebody, 
and, and, you know, you're having a conversation with somebody and somebody then all of a sudden starts defending themselves or they start putting you down um, or they start, you know, you can tell that something's not right. Right. Um, they're, they're talking about themselves. They, maybe they have past issues with something. Maybe there's, um, there's weakness there. Maybe they're, they have pride. You know, we're going to talk about pride a little bit, but you can tell right away if the person is not bearing fruit. It's, it's, it would always point towards them. The person that's always bearing fruit is they don't have to have, they don't have to prove themselves. They don't have to um, defend themselves. They're, they're just, they're always looking for ways to bless. They're looking for ways to elevate. They're looking for ways to speak life and joy and peace. Um, so it's, it's really quick to, to see who's walking in the, in the spirit and bearing fruit and who's not. So the point here is it's, it's obvious to others. It may not be obvious to us when we're doing it. No, never. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a blind yeah. spot, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But to others it's, it's glaring. Yeah. You can see it. And especially if you're walking in the, in the spirit, you'll see it really quickly. And, <laughs> and how do you know that you're walking in the spirit too, is how do you respond to that? So a person, if they're not walking in your spirit and they see that someone else is doing something that's in the flesh, they, in their minds, the pride pits and, well, I'm so much better than that person. And, or man, I should tell them how they're wrong and I should go do that. Well, that's not, that's not the spirit or defensive. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do that. So immediately what they do, a person that's walking in the spirit is they, they pray for them or they, they speak life into them. They don't try to correct them. They don't try to put them down or condemn them. They're looking for ways to love them and produce fruit in them. So there's a whole different way that they approach things. The flesh, you can tell, and the spirit is different. So, you know, both sides can walk in the flesh at the same time. One of them is maybe walking in the spirit and the other ones, and all of a sudden they have this wrong mindset, and now they're both in the flesh. You know, they, one flesh led to the other flesh, hmm. you know, and, but the same thing goes, one spirit leads to the other spirit. So that's why we want to walk in the spirit, because ultimately the spirit will win out if we continue in that, it turns away wrath. Good. All right. In John 14, 27, Jesus spoke about having God's peace living within you. In verses 9 through 11, he talks about having love and joy in you. The first three fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, and peace. When we abide in Jesus, we will always produce his love, joy, and peace in our hearts. Because we love him, we will keep his commandments. And as we keep his commandments, we abide in his love and experience it in a deeper way. It's almost like it kind of builds on each other, right? It, it does. And in the, the last part of what you just said, and experiences in a deeper way. It's, you know, in this journey, we're growing every day. And um, I'm not the same person as I was 10 years ago. Thank God, right? Uh, amen. And, and I'm being transformed every day. And so every day that I'm tapped into the vine, um, I'm, I'm changed new and, and I'm, I'm seeing things new today and, and I'm humbling myself and I'm growing. I still have bad habits. I still have things that God is working in me. And so it's, um, you know, being in the vine, it's, it's, it's life changing and it's for the good, but Jesus mentions the father's love for him several times in John's gospel. I mean, we've covered that. Um, we're so focused on God's love for the world that we forgot how much God loved his son. Because the father loves his son, he has given everything to him and revealed everything to him. According to John 17, the father loved the son before the foundation of the world. When he died on the cross, he loved his son. All of this is to say that believers today can personally experience that same love. That's mind-boggling hmm. to me. And according to John 17, 26, Jesus prayed that the love with which you have loved me, you also loved them. And so Jesus loved, God loved his son. And so that's, and again, it got Jesus lived in the flesh so that we can relate to Jesus and how to live a holy life. And so we experience what Jesus experienced, the love of the father. It's the same difference. All right. All right. Let's kind of sum this all up. So we as branches are to remain in the vine. We are now entrusted with the dual roles of being faithful, faithfully obedient to God and to produce fruit so that others can eat from us. Bottom line is is we produce fruit so that others are benefit it's are we benefited yes but ultimately we because we're satisfied with joy and peace yeah. and love that's that's how we become we're nourished that way that's all the vine is giving it's a you. byproduct kind of that's it yeah the but, byproduct of that is others around you don't you want to be a blessing to people yes and and that's 
That's the message that Jesus is saying. I want you disciples to be a blessing. I want you to be a light. I want you to go and change the world. Turn it upside down by sharing the goodness of God to everybody. Teach them how to trust me. Teach them how to to, to tap into the branch. Teach them what it means. And if you're listening to this and you have never given your life to the Lord, well, today is the day. If you've never tapped into the branch and and you don't want to be a part of the world economic system anymore and you want to be tapped into the vine, well, you can. And all you have to do is just repent of your sins. All you have to do is just in your heart say, God, I, I, I turn from my sin. I repent of it. I choose today to be tapped into you. I choose to accept you as my God. I choose to believe that I, in your son that he died and rose again on the third day. And I choose to live my next day, my every day, Lord, pleasing you. And I want to learn more. And, and, and if that is your heart and that is what you're saying, the Bible says that you're saved. The Bible says that now go and just continue on tapping into the fruit, tapping into the vine. And, and, and what will happen over time is that you will start producing fruit. And, um, and, you know, Paul, when he gave his life to the Lord, you know, right away, and it said that he went away and started preaching the gospel to everybody. Well, that's what will happen. You'll start wanting to tell everybody about it. But there's going to come a season that God's going to have to help you learn to love him. And, and in that time, after you've given your life, it's, it's so vital that you start reading your word. It's so vital that you get plugged into a healthy body of Christ. It's so vital that you, you find friends that can help teach you and show you things that you've never learned before and help show you the light. And, um, I, you know, if you need help with that, get, reach out to us. We would love to help get you in contact with a healthy body of Christ or, or get you started in, in your journey. Bob, how could they do that? Yeah, we have lots of ways, Pete. We can, uh, I would first direct you to our website, theriotpodcast.com. Um, lots of resources there. And let me draw your attention to our, our the riot tour to uh, the, the footsteps of Moses. And if you want an opportunity to just kind of hang out with some fellow believers and take a trip that will change your life, uh, I ask you to just kind of reach out and check out that. That's going to be amazing, Pete. I cannot wait for that for that trip. It's going to be in June of 2024, so we have a year and a half to prepare for that. But check that out. Um, other resources, we've got our Facebook page, we've got YouTube, we've got Twitter. Just check out the Riot Podcast. And I would ask that uh, you would share it with somebody. You know, just... Uh, reach and say, hey, you know, and I, I listened to this podcast today or I watched this YouTube video today and thought you might be interested in it. Just share it with, with uh, somebody you know, somebody you care about. And, uh, man, we would really appreciate that, and so will they. So, um, man, what a good show, Pete. I, you know, this is – it's kind of a, just a discussion. And I was trying to put myself in the place of, of uh, the disciples as they're walking through this vineyard with Jesus, and he's just – he's drawing – pictures in our minds that we can still see today but we need to be connected to the right vine and the the true vine right and it goes back to me to me it goes back to john what 14 6 when jesus says you know i am the way truth and the life yeah. and uh, we've got to be attached to him yeah yeah we gave a lot of meat today you know to, to our listeners and you know the fruit to, to have fruit is so vital um for our success and just for our walk with the lord all right. Well, be blessed, everybody. Have a great week. Take care. God bless you guys. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.